0: There, and welcome to another episode of Control Alt Azure. I'm Tobias, I'm back again with UC. what's up?
1: Tobias, the news here in Finland right now is that there's going to be a general strike. And uh, I am planning a visit to Copenhagen, which is about a two hour flight from Helsinki, uh, for a customer visit. And now it's looking like it might be that they'll just leave me there because the return flights that I currently have from Copenhagen back to Helsinki, they are confirmed, but obviously that might change. So if the strike uh, continues as it's being planned, then they will stop the flights around the time I'm supposed to head back home. So perhaps not this episode, but the next episode, I will be recording from a business lounge in the Copenhagen airport- with the spotty Wi-Fi and, and the sort of lukewarm coffee that they give you for free. Uh, but besides that, the strike will also close daycares for two days. And my youngest one, he's six now, so it's it's his last few remaining months in daycare. I am planning to take the full day off on Thursday to hang with the six-year-old. Probably we'll, we'll go to McDonald's, we'll watch the iPad, we'll go to an activity <laughs> park. That's it.
0: Sounds like a great day to me. Um, so on my side, uh, we're finally heading for our ski trip. Uh, so we're making a bit of a journey um, out of that. And we'll make two steps, um, like make it a two-step journey to get to the place where we're going to go because it's about a 10-hour drive if you just drive nonstop. And we got two small kids, so obviously driving nonstop doesn't work. Um, so we're going to stay in two different cities. So today we're going to stay in... In one city and then the next day we stay in another city and we just move closer to the destination and uh, so we're going to have two hotel nights and the kids love excursions and staying at hotels as well so we're taking that opportunity to really enjoy um, the trip as much as we can because i know these long drives can be pretty cumbersome but when you have small kids it can be even more challenging um because it's yeah it's not fun for anyone sitting in a car for, for 10 or 12 hours. So we're making uh, making that uh, kind of journey into something more fun by staying at a different uh, places. So the first place we're gonna stay is just next to uh, Liseberg in Gothenburg, which is a huge amusement park, one of the biggest in Sweden. So we're just gonna stay there for a bit and do some sightseeing, hang out there for the day. And then in the evening, we just uh, cruise on to the next place. So. Um, that's the kind of only thing happening on my side right now. It's packing, packing and packing, and then figuring out what I forgot and then packing some more. Uh, Cause I never went skiing. So I have no idea what I need to pack. I'm just searching online saying, Hey, what should you pack for a ski trip? And I get all kinds of advice. I'm like, all right, let's bring all of it. So I probably packed a little bit too much, but I am eager to get out on the slopes and see how I do. So that's, that's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to that.
1: That sounds awesome. I am getting flashbacks from the 1980s, when my parents would drive us to to a friend's summer cabin. It would be maybe a three, four hour drive. And that was the time you didn't have mobile phones, you didn't have iPads. They would give you like a comic book and say, "said enjoy this and, (laughs) and we'll be there in four hours. And that was awesome at the time. So I'm looking at my kids when we go someplace. It's so easy for them. They get the iPads, they get the noise-canceling headphones, and everything is great. Dad, 4 4K, 4K doesn't work when we're streaming in the car. Can you fix it? <laughs> exactly. Alrighty, today's episode: Understanding Azure AI Search. And let's talk about Azure AI Search. It's it used to be called Azure Cognitive Search, but it was renamed last year. Toby, any thoughts? Why it was renamed to Azure AI Search, and why isn't it Azure Cognitive Search anymore?
0: Yeah, so like AI um, is becoming a, a trend, as we all know. Generative AI specifically, um, but Microsoft kind of smashed a bunch of AI-related services under one umbrella called Azure AI. So you have the Azure AI services, and under there you'll find a lot of the services that were, for example, cognitive services. Um, so if you if you're familiar with cognitive services, you know, it's still the kind of same thing, but with added capabilities, It you know, it keeps evolving, of course, all the time. So I don't have the full story why it was rebranded, but I think it does make sense, because when you say to someone, hey, are you going to use cognitive services to enhance something? They're going to say, what is cognitive services? But if you say, hey, are you going to use AI to enhance your search? They're going to understand that, okay, there's some pr- pretty smart algorithms at play here because AI is a word that everyone understands. So it might also be like just for awareness and branding things under that umbrella makes sense because that's really what they do. It's a really smart service that does a really a load of smart things.
1: So I agreed on that one. And Azure Cognitive Search, I, I sort of like the name, but everything cognitive by now uh, with generative AI, it, it feels a bit second class in in a way, even if it's not. Uh, The Azure AI Search, I do like the name, and I wouldn't get too stuck on the name that, oh, it's AI Search. So Azure AI Search does other things as well than just AI Search. It can do search and indexing and querying on non-AI stuff as well. So even if the marketing brand is now all things AI, I feel this is still more on the other aspects of search and indexing and AI capabilities in Azure AI Search are a nice add-on in in that sense. So it's a search engine that allows you to do indexing, it allows you to to do searching for full text, uh, vector search, let's talk about that in a second, and something called hybrid search as well. And it's an Azure platform as a service service meaning that you provision this in Azure, uh, you can scale it you, depending on what SKU you're going to be selecting. That's it. I, w- I would say this is one of the more easier services to get up and running, but once you start configuring this, it gets fairly complex fairly quickly at the same time. Uh, let's talk a bit about the SKUs and the pricing. Any? insights, if if you're using this, Toby, are you just going to go with the free one because it's free or are you using something else?
0: That's a great question. Uh, but again, coming back to uh, choosing the, the pricing option, if I'm dabbling around, if I'm doing a, a spare time project, which I occasionally do, and I spin something up and I build an architecture and a couple of, you know, a build and, and program a couple of solutions, then I might use the free tier because I don't have credits that I want to spend on a spare time project, which is just kind of analyzing some data or stuff like that. So I, I think the question is not which tier do you want to use to save money, but instead, what is the purpose? Uh, like what what is the goal that you have? What scalability? What capabilities do you need? Uh, I think those are the kind of things that I always come back to. Um, so the question to me is not, which tier do you automatically go to you know and, and what does it cost but instead what is the kind of use case that you have um but yeah I, I do start with a free one if i can because with all azure services if there's a free tier and you just do kind of proof of concepts or if you're dabbling around if you're trying things out um some of the time when i do stuff it's about trying the connection ensuring that i can reach the endpoints i can secure the endpoint i can set up a private link or i you know, I use firewalls and whatever it is and my virtual networks and network security groups. They are configured the right way and, and routing traffic the right way. Sometimes you can do that with a free tier. Sometimes you have to have another tier. Um, so as as long as that's what I'm doing, like kind of exploring dust is work. If I can use a free tier, that's that's what I go for. Other than that, no insights into the pricing here. Because um, the last time I used cognitive search, as it was called when I used it, um, it was always the business requirement that kind of dictated where we went with the, with the scale.
1: So, so for me, some of the production deployments I've done with Azure AI Search in the past couple of months, they have been with the standard one. So the SKUs are free, basic, S1, S2, S3, and L1 and L2. And standard one is, is the one designed for production use, but the downside is that it's not, wouldn't say it's expensive but there's a fixed cost and the fixed cost is about 245 dollars per month so that's the base cost of using the service and a lot of the time if you're building something for production but it might be fairly small somebody might be asking yeah but hold on this will be like three thousand dollars a year just for indexing stuff right i'm like yeah that kind of is how it goes So then you can go one notch down. So between free and standard one, you have basic. And that gives sort of the same capabilities, smaller storage, less performance, less scalability, but that's only about $73 per month. So it's three times cheaper. And then if you need need more storage, S2 goes to about $1,000, S3 goes to about $2,000 a month. So it adds up quite quickly.
0: Yeah, so I I think you know, coming back to the requirements, there, um, it's a good point about the storage and how much you need. Like the free edition, I know supports 50 megabyte of storage, which is not a lot. It's enough to experiment. It's not usually enough to run any kind of reliable workload. Um, It doesn't scale out as um, either on the free tier. It's like that one instance. That's it. So scalability will come into play. How many units you can scale up to? That differs between these tiers. Uh, But also the storage, like the size of it, because I know a lot of indexes, a lot of uh, search databases that I've worked with in the past, they can grow pretty exponentially if you don't kind of ensure you trim the content you have in there and make sure you design your indexes and design what you want to be able to query and stuff like that. So I I think that's a good thing. Like the basic for 75 bucks a month comes with two gigs, uh, gigabytes of storage, which is a lot if you just get started and you try things out but it's a really small amount of storage if you have a good idea of the amount of data you want to push in and you're indexing some huge databases or whatever it is uh, and making that kind of searchable through AI so on that note we'll put a link to the uh, to the pricing table and there you can also see what the different tiers support in terms of storage how you can scale out and uh, and how many indexes per tier you can have and stuff like that, because that's going to be beneficial when you make a decision on whether or not you need this, first of all, and then if you need it, what tier should you go with? And uh, That's going to all exist in that pricing table.
1: One last note on the SKUs before we move on. Whatever SKU you select during provisioning, you cannot change that. So you have to re-provision Azure AI Search. If you provision for, for basic, you're super happy with that but later on you feel well maybe S1 would be nicer you have to create a new instance of S1 and get rid of the old one so there's there's no hop from one SKU to another so so what can you use Azure AI search for then and there's quite a bit of functionality in here and i I'd, I'd say probably the the main functionality that i feel projects are using this for is for indexing data sources There's a bunch of connectors built in, Azure SQL, Cosmos DB, Azure Blob Storage, SharePoint Online, Azure Data Lake Storage, Generation 2, Table Storage, MySQL, Azure Files. And what this allows you to do, if you have data you want to index, let's say in Azure SQL, then you will configure that crawler to utilize a connector, to index stuff from Azure SQL, and you can configure what you're planning on indexing. And once that's in the index, you can now build an application to connect with Azure AI Search to do search against that data. So, what Toby said about the storage, I wouldn't be too worried about the amount of storage because you're not replicating that data. You're simply indexing and getting content based on the original data. And that is typically not a one to one mapping. In the amount of storage, uh, any thoughts on this? Have you actually utilized any of the more exotic connectors, such as MySQL or SharePoint, or or, or others?
0: I, I have not. Um, so we back in the day when we used Cognitive Search, we uh, we kind of built our own solutions around it, and and we used it as is to to index some of the data sources we had, but it was nothing extravagant uh, so i haven't tried all the connector that today but that's a, a kind of a good spare time project to try out of course as well uh, but there is some really good documentation around most of these things so if if anyone says well i need to explore how i can use astra ai search with this and there's a connector for that or something you can plug in uh, there's some pretty good documentation around how to get that done as well
1: yeah and one of the capabilities that if you're thinking about the amount of connectors and feeling, well, there's not a connector for a third-party system that I'm using, that's really not a problem because then what you will be doing, you will be creating a JSON structure. So you're defining your indexable data to a JSON structure, and then Azure AI Search will have an API, It, it has a REST API, where you can feed the data that you plan on indexing, and it will map that based on the JSON structure, and then index it through there. It's a little bit more cumbersome, but that allows you to adapt Azure AI Search to your custom data structures if the connector for the data source is not supported. But perhaps just then indexing, what I feel warrants the name change as well is vector search. So you can add vector field definitions in your index. So if you query your index through the admin interface, you can see those vector fields. And when you're generating embeddings in generative AI workloads, meaning you're, you're feeding text or other data to your large language model, and then you're getting the embeddings, the vectors, you can then store those vectors within Azure AI Search. And now you can, query against those vectors and not just against the text that you've indexed. Uh, I've used this quite a bit and I, I would say that if you have a native capability in Azure that can provision the vector fields for you, it's much easier. But if you have to do those manually, you have to be super careful in reading what the documentation will tell you how to how to initiate and and how to define the vector fields because if you get it a little bit off, nothing seems to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, any thoughts on this one or the other Azure AI search capabilities?
0: Yeah, so in, like in general, some of the things that that I want to highlight with uh, with this is like talking about vectors here, which is a good point. Or you can store index and also search vector embeddings for sentences but also images and graphs and stuff like that so it's i think that is like taking a step back it's a vector is something that can give you you know an incredible amount of new search capabilities uh one thing that i also know with uh azure ai search is that you can now find information that's semantically similar to your search query so what that means is if you go to google and you search for something and you spell it differently or use a different word it might say did you mean this and it will also search for things that kind of relates to what you typed so you don't have to type the exact words you're looking for because it will say all right you probably mean this because it's semantically similar that is a really good strength with azure ai search as well that it has that built in so you don't need exact matches uh, of what you're looking for but it can have that kind of semantically um similar check as well i really like that um and um, i mean from just an architecture point of view this offers like azure scale reliability and and global reach which is really if you set this up you're going to be able to scale it to support your solution pretty much whatever the size of your solution is uh, which i also like and just to round off some of the things i like with azure ai services it's like often we talk about how does it compare? Why should I use this instead of just Microsoft Search? Um, So Microsoft Search is for like Microsoft 365 authenticated users who need to query content in SharePoint, for example. Azure AI Search pulls content across Azure and any type of JSON data set and and anything that you want to index. Uh, Because that's a question I used to get in the past, like we already use Microsoft Search and we have 365, we have all our data in SharePoint, do I need this thing? Well, if all your data is in SharePoint, then maybe you don't. That's a you have to take a look at that. Like, what is your business requirement? Um, another thing that exists is Bing APIs, where you can uh, kind of query the indexes on on Bing if you want to do a public search, uh, and match things that exist there. And Azure AI search searches over indexes uh, populated with your own content. So I think that's also a, an important distinction to make. If you want to make things searchable from the public. Use the Bing APIs because it's already done the indexing for you. It's got all the smartness. You can use the APIs. If you just want to use your own content, building your own solutions, Azure AI Search is a really good thing for that. Um, And then you have like SQL Servers with full text search and Azure Cosmos DB and, and other kind of technologies with these queryable indexes that exist already. So with Azure AI Search, uh, that is just an alternative when you need additional features like these kind of lexical analyzers and relevance tuning or um one of the strength with with the AI search is um, getting content from like hetero, heterogeneous uh, sources so it's a it's a really a trade off that you have to consider like if my data lives here sh- how should i index it should i use azure ai search should i use a database search if it's already in my database should i use bing if it's public information should i use microsoft search if it's in sharepoint uh, or should i build something else so i think that is always like i keep coming back to the business case when do i need this why do i need it is this the right service for my purpose the only one who can reply to that is of course you and your organization when you sit down and 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 architect a solution and say this is what it's supposed to do here is where our data recites, or across all these various data sources, at that point in time, you can make a, a an easier decision, saying, "All right, this is for me. We probably have to have this scale. We probably have to have it deployed like this, secure like that." You know, that's where all the kind of variables come in. Um, so that's just top of mind. A couple of things from, um, you know, how does it compare to some other search solutions that exist already? Um, how would I make that choice? Um, and kind of some of the key benefits that I see using Azure
1: AI. And if you're now sort of thinking, well, Azure AI Search, if you'd like to use that for AI workloads, Azure Open AI definitely supports Azure AI, AI Search through Azure AI Studio. So within Azure AI Studio, what you can do is you can hook up your logic to Azure AI Search, uh, allowing AI Studio to create the index uh, configure the vector search and also to create the embeddings and store those in the index and once that's done in ai studio you can then query that index and utilize the llms based on the on the data you get back so typically where i'm seeing azure ai, AI search not studio ai search being used now is when you want to use different generative AI-related patterns to perhaps build a memory or history for your typically GPT-driven applications. There's quite a bit of moving parts, but if the most things you need is the capability to utilize your custom data with Azure Open AI, then Azure AI Search is the easiest approach to do, and you don't really need to do custom development at all if if you stick with AI Studio. But if you build a custom application and then simply call these services Azure OpenAI and AI Search through the APIs, then obviously you will be in charge of building everything end to end. So you can use this for non-generative AI solutions, but I feel the strength now with Azure AI Search is definitely if you're building anything with Azure OpenAI or any of the capabilities through generative AI.
0: Yeah, I I really like this. Um, And I I think like always taking a step back helps, taking a look at the landscape, because one of the things that I hear a lot these days is, we need AI. We don't want to miss the train. We need AI. How do we get generative AI? How do we get AI search? How do we get AI into everything? That is the wrong question. The question everyone should ask is, how can AI help? How can I leverage AI? How can I benefit from AI? As opposed to, we need AI. Um, you know, if if that's the first first statement, and you cannot follow that statement with, this is why we need it, that's a problem because then you will never know how to architect your solutions either. Uh, so I think that is always a good reflection. Uh, you know, why do we need it? What are the capabilities we need? Uh, and understandably, so, organizations don't want to miss uh, you know miss the opportunity to leverage uh, generative AI and all the kind of AI capabilities to offer better experiences both internally to the employees but also to customers. But uh, always ask the question, how can this help? and and kind of what are the parameters and and what's the use cases that we want to fulfill, either for ourselves or our customers or you know whatever we're building? When you can answer those questions, you can a lot easier make decisions on what technology to use. So oftentimes, Azure AI Search will fit the bill. Sometimes you might need something else, but that, again, can only be answered by the variables of your specific situation.
1: Nicely, nicely put for sure. So so go and have a look at Azure AI Search. You can fiddle around with that directly in Azure Portal, or if you go to Azure AI Studio, you can, control and provision the capabilities through AI Studio and you don't really even have to see AI search at all. Alrighty, uh, have a look at the show notes. We have the pricing in there and the sort of getting started content from, from Microsoft Learn as well. The last bit we have is the unexpected question and Toby, you did ask me last week, so this week it's my turn to ask you, are you ready?
0: All right, let's go.
1: If you were tasked with creating a new social media platform from scratch, what unique feature would you build in there to set it apart from all the existing platforms?
0: <laughs> okay. So there's been a lot of social media platforms over the years. A few of them are really successful. A lot of them never really saw the day of light. And I think perhaps especially today with generative ai and and you know, all the influencers um, living their kind of fake lives, perhaps it would be a feature called reality check. That would be a button that you can click on any social media post that anyone creates. Each time someone kind of posts a heavily edited or unrealistic photo, other users can just hit the reality check button. And that instantly kind of transforms the photo to show what the scene or person really looks like. Without all the filters, all the lightning, with all the extras. So imagine the fun seeing influencers or whoever is posting on uh, on social media on the like glamorous beach that's actually just a sandbox in the backyard, and they put some frames around it to make it look awesome. Because you keep seeing that, right, on, on social media. That there's a lot of kind of f- fake posts that makes your life look like you live in luxury and whatever, which uh, which is really odd to me. Um, so, a reality check button would be good good to have. I'm not sure how that would work. Probably would need some magic uh, incorporated into that. But if you could tick that and just see, well, this is actually what happened that day, uh, that'd be awesome.
1: Well, that would be awesome for sure. All righty. Thank you for joining us. See you next week. All right. See you then.